0: Welcome back to the Mel Kay Show. I'm very excited. A man that has taught me so much more than I already knew about the control oligarchs that are running the planet, let alone the United States, is back with me, Seamus Bruner. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Mel, it's always a pleasure.
0: Thank you. Uh, It's always great to have you on, especially after a big confab of the globalist billionaire oligarchy, as we just saw go down in Davos. So I wanted some of your take on uh, what was going on there, what you saw, and what I perceived as a a bit of a panic by these control oligarch folk. (laughs) So your thoughts on last week and what you saw?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. They are panicking. You can tell it was all over Davos. They're freaking out about So called disinformation, uh, the return of Trump. And uh, they, you know, you can tell they're freaking out actually because of what they titled the theme of Davos this year. The, te- the theme or one of the themes was uh, rebuilding trust. They want to regain our trust. It's a little, it's a little late for that. I don't think that uh, anybody's gonna be trusting them anytime soon, especially given their laser focus on trying to prevent Donald Trump from returning to the White House. That's not how you rebuild trust, by, in, uh, by influencing and uh, interfering in national elections. Um, You know, and so the real theme of Davos actually was about uh, artificial intelligence. And so we talked last time about how artificial intelligence accomplishes so many of the control oligarchs' goals, and we can really get into that.
0: Yeah. And um, one thing that I did notice that you do talk quite a bit about, um, especially in your uh, digging into Jeff Bezos and a lot of the things that he's doing in America, was they were talking um, uh, Benioff was up there who's on the board obviously one of the control oligarchs and he was talking about digital twins and then when I saw that of course then I have to go to the WE forum and look up wh- what exactly is he talking about who's involved here and then I found a whole thing on digital twin cities uh, which is some kind of co- like uh, cooperation between a CCP based university and the World Economic Forum where they're Digitally, I guess, making uh, maps of our cities down to the down to the specific trees in in Central Park. So let's talk a little bit about um, not just the uh, all of that, but also the surveillance level of what these people want on top of everything else.
1: Yeah, sure. So I mean, this this all comes out of Klaus Schwab's Great Reset. I mean, and he had been thinking about these things, and many of the control guards have been thinking about these things for years, if not decades. But this is part of the digitalization of everything. Klaus Schwab announced it in July of 2020. Uh, We need a great reset that's shutting off everybody's economy, that's locking you down, that's putting your small businesses out of business, and uh, the centralization of power. Uh, And so now they've flipped back on the reset switch, they've uh, built bat better, which is uh, really just plundering the coffers of citizens all around the planet, spending trillions of dollars on things, you know, nebulous terms like infrastructure. Right. Um, and so uh, now they're rebuilding. And part of this, he announced uh, in the Great Reset, Klaus Schwab said, we need to digitalize everything from education to uh, identities, to currencies, and really uh, leading into what he calls the fourth industrial revolution. And so that's transhumanism. But on Mark Benioff, I mean, he's absolutely a control agarch. Um, I, I crunched the numbers that just over the years, Mark Benioff has spent... million trying to control the flow of digital information. That would be through things like disinformation initiatives and funding things like the Atlantic Council and some of these NGOs that label the truth as hate speech or misdis, malinformation, whatever the term of the day is. So Mark Benioff's not necessarily, not really a good dude. Um, He's against against, uh, free speech, but uh, on the digital twin cities and partnering with the Chinese Communist Party, this is a huge misconception that a lot of people have. That uh, you know, America, you know, Americans and people living in America support America, and that we should view China as a adversary or at least a competitor. These guys don't see China as a competitor or an adversary at all, they see China as a partner and a friend, someone to be to work with and model to emulate. And so where a lot of this digitalization and mapping out your cities right down to the tree, um, turning them into smart cities or 15 minute cities with surveillance cameras on every corner, what this is really about is setting up a system like they have in China, which is a social credit score system where your digital ID is linked to everything you do in your life, whether it's getting on the subway or whether it's posting online, your bank account, all of it. And so if you are a dissident, if you want to uh, resist any of this tyrannical stuff that Davos is dreaming up for you, uh, your social credit score goes down. Next thing you know, you're not allowed to uh, participate in society. And if that sounds crazy, I know it won't to the people who are watching this show, the very savvy audience you have, but for those who you know, might just be catching this for the first time, if that sounds crazy, they've done it before. They did it during the pandemic. You remember you weren't allowed to like, go into a restaurant or a sporting event unless you were complying with the mandates of that uh, jurisdiction. So I experienced it in New York. I know people experienced it in many other cities and states. And so they really are full, uh, full speed ahead on having a social credit score all around the world. And that's really what kind of this stuff is all about.
0: Right. And we talk a lot about uh, and everyone does about um, uh, Elon Musk's deals with the Department of Defense and all of that. Very rarely do you hear about Jeff Bezos and you go deeply into what he's doing and a lot of what he's doing has to do with this surveillance. And of course, he has extraordinary ability to do that through Amazon. And then, um, you know, a lot of people, they think it's cool that you can use your hand at, uh, at Whole Foods and, and all, you know, to or at the Amazon to go, which which popped up in a lot of uh, small businesses that didn't survive in New York City. I was there as well. So let's talk a little bit about Jeff Bezos. Um, he he really it seems to me like as as far as control agarcs go, they know he's there, but nobody really pays too much attention to him.
1: Yeah, Jeff Bezos is very smart in that way. He doesn't get out there like Bill Gates does and and state his uh, visions for the future, his Orwellian views. Um, he, he kind of uh, keeps it low key. You know, when he's making headlines, he's trying to, you know, do photo shoots with uh, his, uh, you know, uh, model wife or girlfriend. Uh, you know, he's not really... Giving public statements that often, but you can tell that Jeff Bezos—he's kind of an interesting control oligarch in the sense that they're not all um, super plugged into the deep state and to the intelligence community. Um, you know, some of them, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and a lot of the big tech guys are, um, but not all of them are have such cozy ties to the Pentagon, to the CIA, to the NSA, and that is through uh, partially through Amazon. In a big way, that's through Amazon. I mean, he got this big $10 billion Jedi cloud services contract. And so Amazon Web Services, um, you know, you've heard of it probably if you run a business, you might be hosting with Amazon Web Services is becoming rapidly, if not already, the largest cloud hosting, web service hosting uh, entity. Um, And that means it works very closely with the intelligence communities. It works with the Pentagon. It handles all of their online stuff, and it is rapidly becoming the largest artificial intelligence company. Um, you know, you see it on sporting events where it's like these stats brought to you by AWS, Amazon right. Web Services, and so uh, you know it's going to be the leader right up there with Google, right up there with uh, you know ChatGPT maker OpenAI and Microsoft. These are the 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 constructors and the builders of our new, you know, techno future with AI. Um, And then also in addition to his Amazon connections, which are very deep to the intelligence community, he's also got the Washington Post. uh, And that is the mouthpiece of the deep state. That is where they leak all of their uh, salacious, Russia, 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 Trump, uh, you know, hoax material and sources close to so-and-so say, um, Amazon, uh, uh, Washington Post is where the CIA, the FBI and all of these other uh, deep state spy agencies give their talking points. And the reporters there uh, are all too willing to post that. And so that is really why Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post is so that he could be uh, closer to the intelligence community, which is what in turn allows him to get billion dollar contracts from the Pentagon for Amazon. So, yeah, I mean, uh, he he's controlling the information in multiple ways, uh, and further building this new Orwellian AI-driven future.
0: Yeah, it's amazing the the web that they weave, literally and figuratively. Um... Now, uh, something that a lot of people uh, have asked me about, and and it's hard to explain to uh, people because a lot, most I think they don't want to really fully believe how organized this is. But we um, have done many shows on Arabella Partners and uh, new venture and all their spokes, new venture fund. They got Tides, they got uh, sixteen thirty project, all that. And we have an election coming up, and um, I wanted you to talk a little bit about the control oligarchs that are really uh, behind the scenes in terms of our elections uh, infrastructure and, you know, on all fronts, because it's internal and external what these people are doing to control the elections. And again, it's on a local, state and federal level
1: yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, all of those entities, Arabella, you know, the new venture fund, all of those are instrumental in rigging our elections, in funding NGOs, things like the Atlantic Council right. and uh, other events, you know that uh, the, the events where, you know, they say that the Hunter Biden laptop is disinformation or it's a hoax. um they are funding those election rigging efforts. But also, um, I mean, we'll just start with the largest funder, the Soros dark money empire, right. and now in, it's run by uh, Alex Soros. I mean, they are they are interfering at every level. They're doing it at the normal uh, legal level. George Soros is the largest individual funder of campaign, so he'll donate the maximum personally and through uh, any businesses and, and uh, family members, like his son Alex, uh, to a candidate. That's fine. That's normal um it's it's it's, you know capped and that's not a big deal but then he's got the dark money that is pouring in the last cycle 2022 close to 180 million dollars no one else came close i mean sam bankman freed was about half that um but nobody even comes close to that's funding like the super PACs and the PACs and the 501c4s that are doing overtly explicitly political activities and so that in a way i mean is normal. I mean, the right wing has its Koch brothers or whoever, and uh, they they do the same thing, pouring lots of money. Nobody quite on the scale of Soros. Um, But then you get down into the more insidious stuff. And so, of course, we see uh, the prosecutors, Alvin Bragg, Soros funded, Fonnie Willis, Soros funded. Um, And so funding these prosecutors who are totally subverting the rule of law, they're making up tortured legal theories, things that have never been tried before. There's no precedent for the charges that they're bringing against Donald Trump. And they're trying to bury him under the prison with 800-year type sentences. So, I mean, that's where we're starting to get into really uh, insidious territory. And then you, of course, have the nonprofits, uh, you know, so called think tanks or watchdogs or whatever, like the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington crew that has right. received millions of dollars from Soros in recent years. And they're the ones who are working very hard to get Trump removed from the ballot. And so it's an onslaught coming from all sides. And then, of course, you've got the Zuckerbucks machine, which, uh, you know, of course, people know. Put 400 plus, close to 450 million dollars into local precincts and local districts to buy off their election offices. That's been banned in a lot of states. But the uh, outfit, this, you know Center for Tech and Civic Life, um, and the other uh, avenues that Zuckerberg has. Uh, influenced our last uh, presidential election in 2020. He still got those. Those are getting fired back up again. They'll be allowed to do things like pay for door knockers and get out the vote efforts. You know, and and it's very hard. That's the problem with voter fraud and 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 uh, you know election rigging. More broadly speaking, is it's very hard to prove. I mean, you don't. Uh, there's because there are legal activities like get out the vote efforts and holding rallies and both sides do these kinds of things. But right. then there's like the cash payments. And we know uh, from our investigations at the Government Accountability Institute that they have actually they they tend to hire either felons or people on parole, people who ha- they have leverage over. And so you go pay uh, someone who's on parole out of prison to go do something shady. They're not going to want to talk about what they did because then they'll end up back in prison. And so we found Soros funded groups uh, doing that kind of thing, paying cash to people, cash to to, uh, parolees. Mark Elias has been involved in in some of these efforts. Uh, And so uh, we've got an uphill battle to uh, protect our elections, to uh, have clean, fair, safe, Uh, secure elections. Um, But at the same time, going back to Davos and the panic that has settled in, they are terrified of Donald Trump uh, coming back to power. And even beyond Donald Trump. I mean, this is a long-term battle for them and for us in that Donald Trump will be gone, whether it's in a year or four years, as far as, you know, no longer a political threat to them. But they're more afraid of the populist movement more broadly and individuals like, uh, you know, President Malay in Argentina or, uh, you know, and whether or not they're actually a threat to the globalist order remains to be seen. But the people are the threat. We are the enemies right, of exactly. uh, the, the globalist elites. And so whether Malay uh, turns out to be the transformational uh, candidate who will uh, pull, uh, you know, his country out of the globalist order, like we hope. Uh, people like Donald Trump or Kurt Wilders in Netherlands, or you know, okay. the the hope was that for Georgia Maloney. I mean, we've seen this movie plenty of times where there's a world leader like a Boris Johnson, and we're all thrilled that maybe he's going to actually, uh, you know, resist globalism, and then they turn out to be uh, total weaklings. So, I mean, I you know, I don't put hope in any one candidate, but I do have hope in the populist movement worldwide yeah. to overthrow these control oligarchs.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, your work is is not a small part of this. Uh, And we really have to understand that people have to educate themselves about who these people are because they are local, like... You can find the spoke. The hard part with what you're talking about is that it seems to me that they pop up a lot of um, LLCs and shell groups. And, and even some of them are just websites. If you really dig into like that whole um, acronym and and all of the things that the good news initiative and they're going into like small local papers and, and corrupting and, and taking them over. So there's a lot of that. But you did say something important that it, it is on both sides. So regardless of what's going on, I know you guys were. You are. You really actually are in terms of bipartisan. You're looking at all of that. How much does the Citizens United um, decision uh, affect this? Because I think a lot of people don't realize that um, this is legal. Uh, Like you're talking about a lot of this is legal, but it is legally, I think, subverting the vote and the will of the people on a massive scale. Was Citizens United the decision? I know that was all pointing at it was right wing and it was it was about the cokes and all that. But at this point, there's a uniparty. They've completely corrupted it. Um, is is was that decision a big deal in this? And and should that be reversed? Should we be you know fighting to get all of this uh, all of this out of it? I mean, wh- how is that involved? Because that is on the right too.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Citizens United has a huge bearing on all of this. The decision that uh, ruled that uh, campaign contributions are free speech and that corporations are entitled to free speech just as individuals right. are. That's huge. And so and the left benefits from this. I mean, if you just right. look at the pie charts of, uh, of uh, campaign cycle spending, it is. Uh, much higher on the left. And yeah. so George, the George Soros is of the world. And I'm so glad you brought up acronym. Everybody needs to go look into uh, the findings on acronym and, uh, you know, PACRONYM and the and the woman who's running, the, who oh, ran wow. that. And there's Nandy, uh, Nandini Jamma. Uh, these people are now working on censoring um, lots of new, like lots of right-wing conservative news as hate speech and disinformation. That's what Lorreen Powell Jobs, who was involved in a lot of those sort of Fake grassroots courier news type right, exactly. operation. Yeah. Um, and, and so Lorreen Powell Jobs is someone to keep your eye on. And sp- anytime you see any Lorreen Powell Jobs news, it's your job to wake up everyone else to what she is up to because she likes to hide out in the shadows and she likes to pretend like she's not influencing elections. But she is the new Soros. Um, she worked, you know, they, they're very ideologically aligned. This is the widow of uh, Steve Jobs right. who's using her her um, inheritance or her money from Steve Jobs passing uh, basically Apple money to which is a ton of money to uh, influence our elections in the wrong direction in terms of censoring opposition and pushing propaganda from everywhere. I mean, she owns the Atlantic. So when you go and see that article that I, I, you know, I retweeted uh, uh, Alex Soros, George Soros, son had tweeted out this Atlantic article about how crime is, you know, Everybody, what are you talking about? Crime in the cities is down, which was just like the most gaslighting piece ever. And a lot of people pointed out that there's a bullet hole in one right. part of the graphic. And on the other part, there's forty seven dollars. So I don't know if that was a, um, you know, announcing a hit on Donald Trump, but that is how uh, much they fear him. I mean, it, you know, it's unsettling how many people are talking about uh you know, well, they can't bury him under the prison because they don't have any dirt on him, and they they don't have any real charges. Right. So instead, I guess they're going to try something more drastic. That's hor that's horrifying to think about. Yeah, um, and these people need to be held accountable and punished for. Uh, putting out even like remotely suggestive pieces like that. There's a lot of crazy people in America. Yeah. Um, and so you can't just be reckless like that. Um, anyhow, Laureen Powell Jobs owns The Atlantic, and then George Soros's son is tweeting out these right, exactly. uh, suggestive graphics. So they are working together. Um, it's all about the election. Uh, and uh, yeah, anyway, so that's uh pretty yeah. nefarious stuff.
0: Yeah. And, and pal jobs really does need to be watched as far as I'm concerned when it comes to everything that she's doing. And, and, you know, also Bezos is ex-wife is very involved as well. So these are, these are women, you know, the whole like trust women or they're starting that whole thing again. And it's like, What? (laughs) that's not that's not actually what you were going for. And these women actually do have a tremendous amount of power and don't get um, looked at enough. Now, uh, you did bring up Soros, uh, Alex Soros, again, in that picture and all of that. This is something that for decades, though, The Economist owned by the Rothschild or run by uh, Evelyn de Rothschild, who recently passed away. Um, The Economist is another one of those uh, control agarques magazines that often pre- Preempts things, sometimes years in advance. So this is a tactic that has been going on for a very long time. It's kind of subconscious programming, in my opinion. Um, so we have that now, now when Alex Soros was, <laughs> was speaking, I, I thought it was so funny because people were playing the, um, clip from 2017 of Klaus Schwab and Bryn talking about AI and how we didn't need elections anymore. And I was saying, well, less scary than that, because that's, uh, if they were talking about in 2017, they already had the ability, we saw it, you know, Zach Voorhees was one of the whistleblowers from, um from Google and also Dr. Epstein came out too. And they were saying like, Google is totally, totally manipulating elections. So that's not a surprise. And then I said that the scarier thing is that Alex Soros is on the big panel, which are just press conferences. They're not debates, they're not panels. uh, They're press conferences. Talking about the world elections, I think there's 130 uh, elections going around around the world. There's certainly very big nations, including Russia and America have elections in 2024 and to have him up there. But what was interesting is he kept pressing and pressing on democracy, democracy. And I keep saying to people, because you know, when you and I were growing up, we had classes in American history, civics, all of that. Well, they stopped that a long time ago. I think during Obama, he had that big Macmillan contract and they rewrote re- all the history books. I think they might've taken civics and the, and the constitution out of it. But he's going on and on about democracy. And we see this all the time. We go to war for democracy. Trump's gonna ruin democracy. And we're not a democracy by design. People might not know about the Federalist Papers and that they all thought that 51% controlling 49% when the 51 percent is uh, is corrupt and uh, and, you know, treasonous and all of that, which kind of seems like where we are. But now I'm starting to think that when they bring up this democracy thing, they know that it's not a democracy and why it's not a democracy. So it's a total gaslighting move. What are your thoughts on, on this on that always being the thing? And it's like, but that's not there's a reason we're not a democracy by design. The narrative is falling apart, but as it does, there's so much of this fraudulent disinformation misinformation censorship coming from the globalists and what we need to do is be focused on the facts cut through everything be discerning and get it first and foremost out there to everyone it is important that you know what is going on censorship is getting nuts you guys know it there's accounts all over the place that are fake that are not me i know you guys send me emails and i really appreciate it and you report it and it's on telegram and instagram and twitter and they're not me So I'm super excited to announce We The People with Mel K. Be the first to join. It's a VIP community, just you and me behind a paywall, no trolls, no nothing. We get to know each other. I will give you the facts first. I break a lot of stories a long time before other people. We can talk about past, present, future, history, what we're doing now, solutions for going forward, what 2024 is gonna look like. I'm gonna do breaking news, do a lot of deep dives. I'm gonna bring that information to you guys first in a live Q&A every week. So please click the link below and join me over there. We are going to create a community, a community that is censorship proof, it's cancel proof, it's truth, it's transparency, it's on the road to God, country, justice, everything that we want in one place. This is the most incredible, amazing time to be alive. As hard as it seems and as difficult as the battle has been for you guys and definitely for me, all I know is that we all are part of the solution. We are all involved and invested and you guys have the passion that I have. So let's join together on live Q and A's once a week with me, Mel Kay, we the people of the United States taking back this nation. This is so exciting, guys. I've been dying to do this and we finally got the technology right. So please join me. Click the link below. Can't wait to get started.
1: You're exactly right. That's so true. I mean, they've completely inverted and subverted the meaning of the word democracy. And you're I mean, you're right, first of all, that we're a constitutional republic, um, which is different than a democracy. and you definitely need to go learn the difference if you don't right. know the difference. But uh, yeah, exactly as Mel said, uh, it's 51% voting against the other 49 is a democracy, and uh, you end up with a tyranny in a lot of cases with <laughs> that. And democracies don't survive. So our our founders were brilliant to set us up like a republic. 50 individual uh, elected you know representatives then go to Washington. You know, 50 states elect their representatives. Um and have a, a degree of state sovereignty. I mean, the Tenth Amendment says everything that's not laid out into the in the Constitution is up to the states to decide. So, but we haven't been operating as a constitutional republic in uh, decades, if not yeah. you know a century, at least since the Federal Reserve was created and exactly. and since then there's been many abuses of the Constitution. So, I mean, they they just trample all over the Constitution. But back to the, them just uh, inverting this word democracy. Every time I hear them say it, and I'm sure you're the same way. It's just like I cringe, I wince. It's like it's a disgusting word at this point. And that's sad because, you know, the word democracy is a good thing in theory. Um, And the founders knew that in practice, it doesn't play out that way. But even still, they don't want democracy at all. They don't want the people being able to vote. That's why they go to Davos. And that's why they all get on the same page at their UN meetings and their COP28 climate conferences. And they want to implement global governance. That's what uh, the World Economics Forum's new term for uh, world government, one world government. (laughs) I mean, the conspiracy theorists, uh, you know, darn those conspiracy theorists. You, you need to come up with new terms every few years, right on, um, because yep. you know, global uh, global governance is now the euphemism for a one-world totalitarian government. And so, the way they are achieving global governance is through treaties, things like the Paris Climate Accord, and now you've got this new uh, World Health Organization. Pandemic treaty that Tedros is out there saying we really need to sign this because disease X is coming. Uh, these people are sick; that uh, <laughs> they they know for certain that disease X is coming. It really, you know, if if we get another global pandemic uh, anytime before a century happens, we'll know that they have something to do with it because it's just not normal to be having global pandemics, and the fact that they've all been preparing for global pandemics is suspicious. I yeah. mean, like, it, you know, it's just way too convenient. So um, in a way it doesn't really matter if we have the proof uh, that they are intentionally releasing diseases. I, I know a lot of people, I mean, Piers Morgan of all people uh, the other day was on uh, mainstream media talking about how sick he's been getting. Uh, he's had four diseases in the last two months or something. Wow. Uh, personally, I've had like a different flu and a different, you know, sh- Strain of something. Now, I'm not saying that they are releasing these things, but it it sure is weird how uh, like illnesses are up, deaths are up, uh, and these people just all happen to want less people on planet Earth. Uh, so it's <laughs> I'll call it a coincidence for now until yeah. we've got the evidence. But uh, back to the word democracy. I mean, they use that because it kind of it's a gaslighting term, and they know that they can trick uh, most of the masses into thinking, "Oh, like I support democracy. Yeah, like I support. Therefore, I support whatever you're saying." And oh, is Donald Trump a threat to democracy? He's got to be stopped by any means necessary. It's it's dangerous, um, but it's also just uh, wrong for them to to use the term that way. But I mean, we don't expect them to. To do the right thing here. But yeah, when they talk about democracy, I, yeah, just roll your eyes because they don't believe in democracy. They want a global govern- government. They don't want you or any voter anywhere to have a seat at the table. That's why we're not invited to Davos.
0: Right. And I think that what you're saying is absolutely correct about the gaslighting. I think that they have convinced people that democracy means freedom. And it's the, right. Absolutely does not. But that is what they're that So that's what they're saying. But I also think that they know that like, I think that this is like because when I look at back at um, some of the uh, financing of and, and this is another thing that a lot of people don't know about. And I wonder your take on it. So there's that government media uh, group that after uh, Obama overturned basically Smithmont with the Smithmont Modernization Act, there's an entire department I saw, and it looks like about $800 million have gone into this propaganda department of our government, which, A, if people understood, so so if people understood that they're paying for their own propaganda, I think they'd have a problem with it. So what's the story with that whole thing? Because honestly, Trump also continued that. He put in his guy um, through that and whatever. But I think we should be looking at that and thinking that probably shouldn't exist at all. <laughs>
1: Completely. I mean, you can imagine why 50, 70, you know, years ago, not, you know, Nazi yeah. Germany or, you know, these these, uh, you know, terrible despotic regimes, Stalinist Russia and and whatnot. Why you might want and, you know, even the CCP today, why right. the CIA or the State Department might want a propaganda division that can go and, uh, you know, if if the propaganda is good propaganda, you know, freedom and, uh, you know, Against the tyrannical communist regimes, right. then sure that's a that's a good thing. But what's happened is we, they've gone looking for enemy dragons to slay, right. where uh, where they should be focusing on maybe the communist regimes in Iran or wherever, uh, China, right. Russia, etc., and and just using our taxpayer money to spread propaganda to those citizens and uh, you know saying that uh, freedom actually works and uh, you don't want yeah. a social credit score if you're in China, you know get out or what have you um, they've turned it on us and they're using our own money, right. uh, to, you know, brainwash our people into thinking that globalism is good and globalism is the solution and diversity is our strength and open your borders and give all of your money to, uh, you know, the world's poor, which is really just given to NGOs and various beltway insiders, not even given to those people. So it's just more exploitation. I mean, it's, it's it's tragic. I mean, it's actually a testament to how prosperous and uh, well-off and lucky we are to be yeah. Americans, that they can just spend trillions upon trillions of dollars trying to defeat us, um, and we don't even notice it. That's how blessed we are.
0: I know, and it, it's so true. And, and I do believe, though, if people actually understood what we're talking about, which is why your book came out at such an important time for everyone out there, if you haven't already bought it, you really should be buying it for your friends because what, what's happening right now, and I wonder if you're seeing this too, People of all, first of all, there's no left and right Republican and Democrat, and I would say 15% of the left, uh, left of center, 15% right of center, basically know the entire thing is broken, corrupt, captured, whatever you want to call it. But people right now, I think, have this little spark. There was a way, way larger amount of people uh, tweeting, mocking, making fun of Davos this year than I've ever seen, because you and I have both followed this, but not everyone has. But I do know that there are a lot of people out there, be it whatever it is, the border, foreign policy, economy, that know something is terribly wrong and they're not quite sure. Because what we actually have, in, in my estimation, and this is how I kind of try to explain it to people to make it more simple, is the Davos globalist billionaire oligarchy, and Davos is just one spoke of it, but UN, World Economic Forum, all their tentacles, they're basically running as if they are the parent company of planet Earth. Is what I see in people if you look at it that way. And and that's why, because people say, well, why would all these people, Bezos, Zuckerberg, you know, Soros people understand, but some of these people that are American or at least in name only, uh, but why would they be doing this? And and to me, I feel like they feel like they work for the the parent company of planet Earth. And and if you can look at it like that, like they truly think that they are supra above all of our nations. And therefore, they are the reason they do all of this is to keep their seat in that board of directors, so to speak, of that entity. That's what it looks like to me. I'm trying to explain it to people that think like that never heard this before.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, that's a great, great analogy. Uh, They are the parent company and the world governments that they have infiltrated are wholly owned subsidiaries. And we're just the workers. We're just the uh, working class or, you know, worse, if you're if you're a small business or medium sized large, even large business, who's not uh, part of, you know, a member of the World Economic Forum, then you're a competitor. That means you're a threat to them. And ultimately, you know, we are either their sort of uh, livestock that we, uh, you know, plow the fields for them and, and deliver uh, value in the, you know, to their companies that we don't really own stakes in, or if we do, you know, very you know, measly, meager stakes in, uh, you know, whatever your 401k or whatever portfolio, you certainly don't have a say in the uh, day-to-day operations of the company. Um, but uh, small businesses are their competitors and that's what like, they treat them as such. That's why the lockdowns were intentional. They did nothing to stop the the spread of COVID, but what they did do is put a lot of the control of competition out of business. And so they consolidated their market share. And that's like one thing that all of these guys invariably hate. They hate competition. I mean, you just look at Bill Gates and in, in the Microsoft antitrust trial, the lengths that Microsoft went to, to eliminate its competition, to, quote, cut off the air supply and quote to its competitors was staggering. And it goes back to the what I, you know, who I call the uh, control guard prototype, the Rockefellers with yes. Standard Oil. They right. uh, hated competition and would do anything to put their competitors out of business. And so when you th- when you look at it like that, like just as you said, and it's the parent company, uh, it's got wholly owned subsidiaries all over the world. Uh, and then the private businesses that are not aligned with their vision for our future uh our comp- competitors you can see why they would want to put you out of business why they're against uh, freedom of choice why they want to force you to buy products that you don't want or don't need uh, right down to uh, you know injections so yeah yeah, uh, yeah. you mean, know that they it, they viewed they viewed the uh, the uh, you know the the generic things things like yeah. uh you hydroxychloroquine, you know, ivermectin hydroxychloroquine, right like those are competitors and those cannot be allowed. We need to force everybody to. And so it's the same thing with the food. I talk about it in the book. Uh, Cows are the competitors. Um, Normal uh, things that we've eaten since the dawn of time, cows, pork, chicken, those are all big threats because of methane. But uh, what is actually uh, not a threat is their lab grown stuff, which actually is more uh, greenhouse gas emitting than the natural proteins. So um, it's really all about eliminating competition.
0: Yeah, and and they, and they do it brilliantly because a lot of things have come into play. They also have this new uh, reporting. Uh, you, you you talk about it in the book a lot, but they did this a lot through regulations right after the uh, initial uh, or the, probably the third or fourth consolidation of banking, known as the 2008 crash. After that, nobody went to jail, but they certainly made it very hard for anyone to compete in banking, and they're doing that again. So now small businesses have a whole new reporting schedule where anyone at all that's involved in the company. Company, needs to be fully like. Uh, you know, you need to give all their information over suddenly. So now like some investors that just want to be silent investors or don't want to be involved or a family member that gave you money. Now, like government saying, no, we need to know about them too. We need to know about every little thing that your small business, everyone that's involved, everyone that benefits, and they want you to fill out full reports on these people. And that's going to be hard for people to raise money. I also saw um, big tech. They're like taking back um, the ability to write off R&D as as um, you know, uh, research costs and and for for taxes, they're going to tax a lot a lot differently in in tech competitors too. So people aren't necessarily putting together that a lot of these regulations are actually these same people lobbying our government to put in regulations that only benefit the control And and again and again, it happens until. You cannot survive. I know that this happened with banking business because Rob and his brother ran a bank. And after 2008, they stuffed they, they it out to 2011. But it was like, it was the, the um all of the restrictions, all of the reporting, all of the new rules that were affecting the small, like, banks that were actually reinvesting in, in their local community, which is what banks were supposed to be doing in the beginning. Um, but they were making it impossible. You had to hire like all new people, learn all new stuff to even keep up. And then that's upping your bottom line. And it was just so crazy. And now they're doing that, like you said, post-COVID with every business, it appears at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, there's a there's a couple of uh, issues at play here to unpack. and. Um, first, I mean, you brought up the uh, you know the 2008 crash, and that just reminded me um, as we were talking about this of Eric Holder, the Attorney General under Obama. He actually created um, a system, and I talked about this with the Epstein uh, files. Actually, what do what do big banks and Epstein have in common? A lot, as it turns out. But Eric Holder created this legal theory, and this goes to people don't really understand how how regulations and laws and all this stuff work. I actually did a thread on it, and I got so many comments. Um, Eric Holder uh, wrote a memo. It's called the Collateral Consequences Memo. It was in during the Clinton administration. He was the Deputy Attorney General. And this Collateral Consequences Memo goes out to all the Department of Justice prosecutors. And one of the things it said when considering whether to bring charges against an individual, against a person or a corporation that you should consider are the collateral consequences of prosecution. Does prosecuting this corporation bring about some sort of unintended consequences. And this is, I mean, Matt Taibbi did some great reporting yep. uh, for Rolling Stone back in the day right. um, after the 2008 collapse. He said, you know, this, this Eric Holder memo uh, was used to let the bankers get off scot-free because uh, allegedly, according to the prosecutors who abided by this memo, and it's now been codified in like the, the handbook of uh, rules and regulations for DOJ procedures type thing. Wow. Um, uh, because prosecuting the big banks might bring down the whole financial system, therefore we shouldn't prosecute anything. I mean, yeah. it wasn't you know said uh, you know verbatim like that, but that well, you can see that's to what too big yeah, to that's, fail. It, it created too big to fail. Well, I applied that same logic to to Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, if you if this is how prosecutors are thinking and how you know people like Eric Holder are thinking is. uh, but the collateral consequences of prosecuting the Epstein client list might just cause some crazy uh, ca- I mean, of course, we know they think it would be catastrophic for them because it's all their buddies right. um in a you know in a lot of situations. So, I mean, whatever it is that's protecting the uh, Epstein clients, that that's one like legal theory to look at. But what does that mean more broadly for what we're talking about today? it's this concept of selective enforcement and so that is really what rules and regulations and laws wow. are all about is is applying them unequally another what you know people say a two tier justice system um, rules for thee, but not for me, you know, the, the, there's a a lot of kind of ways people have described it, but really what it is, is selective enforcement, where if you are in the club, you don't get it. You don't have to abide by enforcement. Just look at Hunter Biden. I mean, he, Uh you know, broke pretty much every rule you can imagine, um, right down to transporting prostitutes across state lines for consuming felony level drugs, um, but also (laughs) illegally lobbying on behalf of foreign governments. And you see, you know, I've read all of the emails. We got the laptop early. You know, you see him talking about avoid, you know, well, we don't want to uh, register under Farah. Well, the person that they brought in to register under Farah, that's the Foreign Agents Registration Act, uh, it's an organization, Blue Star, Star Strategies, just eight years later has like filed their reports that were due eight years ago. And because they're just tight with the Bidens, right. they're allowed to just retroactively file. Now, if it had been you or me and we right. had uh, lobbied on behalf of a foreign government or like Paul Manafort, for right, example, exactly. uh, we, yeah. we'd be in jail. We'd be in Rikers. Yeah. Uh but uh, in, in uh, Blue Star Strategies, the Biden connected lobbying firm, is not the only one, the Podesta Group was able to file retroactively. So that's what selective enforcement is all about. But then um, in terms of like the, cons- so that, that in turn allows consolidation when the smaller businesses um, you know, have to pay for an army of lawyers and accountants and you know, all kinds of uh, people to help them comply with these new regulations they can't keep up. It, it eats away at their bottom line. Right. And uh, eventually they can't turn a profit. You're seeing this even like, I mean, whether it's a white collar and a re- or like a small regional bank type thing right. or in, in leading to the consolidation to mega, too big to fail banks or right down to the farmers. I mean, all of these regulations that they can't keep up with. I mean, Scotland is now erupting in protest. The farmers in Scotland, I mean, Germany just a couple of weeks ago, I think ongoing. Right today, the Dutch farmers before them, the Irish farmers, the Canadian farmers, uh, the American farmers are not far behind them right. uh, in, in, in having tractor convoys. I can tell you that um, they're going to be protesting, too, because these regulations are meant to choke them out and force us into a much more factory uh, farm model, one that Bill Gates is fully behind, fully invested in. And so every every facet of our our uh, you know, economy is is under attack. Through these regulations. Now, I'll say this I, uh, I found there's this very interesting, and I think it's ProPublica article, and it's a case study on the airline industry and the consolidation wow. of the airline industry. There were about 50 airlines, and now there's really like five, or, you know, and occasionally they'll like let a spirit or a, a jet blue pop up uh, as a competitor to the right. uh, main four. But okay. what was interesting about this ProPublica piece. Uh, that the, the, about the airline industry is they, uh, they found or were leaked or someone got to them a presentation from Goldman Sachs. It was an internal document that was put together by Goldman Sachs, the mega bank Yep. And it, the title of the slide was "Dreams of Oligopoly." I mean, everybody should go read like, <laughs> what this is about because wow. Goldman Sachs admits in black and white. Look up uh, "Dreams of I Oligopoly." Will. You'll find your way to the piece. And what Goldman Sa- Sachs admits in this in this document is that uh, they, the Davos, the world, you know, the elite, the control oligarchs, uh, they all. Want an oligopoly, that is where just there's a handful of players, you know, three right. airlines, three beverage companies, three cell phone providers, two internet providers, you know, just a, a handful of blessed few companies uh, making everything um, yeah. right down to our, our food uh, and anything. I mean, health, health insurance, there's just two or three, four or five major health insurers um, and so this is what they are building. I mean, it, they call it the dreams of oligopoly. I call it the uh, control oligarchy yeah. because they want to control everything. And, and Goldman Sachs, really, they, they list why it's great to have this because one less competition means that you're not, you know, you're not under threat. Um, the, oh my the thing God. they hate is competition. Uh, right. And they say you can do this by promoting increased regulation, uh, raising the barriers to entry. This is why they hate oil and gas. I mean, it's not about the climate. It, that should be clear by now to most people when they fly around on their private jets right. uh, and everywhere in the world and they have mansions that use more electricity in a day than you use in a year. Right. Um, it's not about saving the planet, obviously, but what it is about is oil and gas has very low uh, barriers to entry. All of the patents have expired or run out and it's mostly open source technology in a lot of ways. Like you and I, Mel, could go invest in an oil well somewhere and we could strike it rich. I mean, like, just yeah. like the Beverly Hillbillies did exactly. get You know, we, we could we could stumble exactly. across something, and it's so cheap and it's so efficient at delivering energy to people uh, that it needs to be banned. Because yeah. the patented technologies, that would be things like solar and wind uh, and nuclear, we could never like go start up, have a startup nuclear company. You know, you've got to be Bill Gates with billions of dollars at your disposal and every senator on uh, speed dial if right. you want to set up a start start up a start-up, uh, nuclear company. So, it I makes think that it make so
0: much more sense, though. This is how we have to speak to people because all of this people can understand the way that it's convoluted. And at this point, I think, listen, if at my at this point, if people still say something like we used to in New York, we were it was driving us crazy. Thank God we finally left. And it was really because of the people, I have to tell you, let alone the carcass that was once New York City that they they have going on there with the, with the track and trace surveillance. But um, it was people that would still say things like, well, if that was real, it would be in the New York. Times or I uh, that nobody said that on CNN, you know, and it's like if people still don't understand at this point, it's it, they're, they're willingly not wanting to understand. It, 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 there's got to be a disconnect that some somewhere in their brain that they're just not willing to understand, but you know what, we can't do that because honestly, what I see, whether people like Trump or not. The truth is that the Biden regime is all in on all of this because in 2023, September, they put out a document and had this whole like event in in at the UN with IMF and BlackRock and the Clinton Global Initiative celebrating halfway to Agenda 2030. And then the oh, Biden uh, Harris put out their global goals update. And it literally it was like they were going through the 17 development goals and then like they were allocating money and it was all going to global groups. IMF, World Bank, Global this, Global that, UN this, UN that, probably three trillion dollars into nothing to do with America at all. And so I say like, you know, 2024, I'm talking freedom and American citizenship or basically digital gulag slavery, totalitarianism. And we are now global citizens. And I really do feel that that is kind of where we're headed. Uh, and I think a lot more people are awake. I think your book has really, really opened a lot of eyes for people. Cause you explain it in a way that people can not only digest it and understand it, but can share the information, which is most important. So, uh, going into 2024, Ah, uh, what are you seeing? Because both you and all the people at your institute um really do see from a different perspective because of the research you've done. So, what are you seeing ahead? Because by any means necessary, it seems they're going to keep their their globalist plan going. And the biggest problem for them uh, is Donald Trump dismantling that,
1: yeah. He's an existential threat. We I mean, that's clear. they're they're basically saying it. I mean, there's some great super cuts of all the mainstream media and talking heads uh, saying that he's going to, I mean, just I mean, essentially the threats from 2016 and 2020, but on steroids, I mean, he's going to kill people in the streets and he's throwing grannies off of cliffs and he's dropping nuclear bombs on everyone all at the same time. Oh my God. Um, it's, I mean, in a way it's comical, but it's actually, I mean, you like, don't underestimate, uh, how, uh, extreme in like how these people will act when they're backed into a corner. And so that's encouraging in a way. I mean, it's, it's, it's daunting. It's scary to see, uh, how, um, you know just insane they are i mean it's yes. uh, it's but at the same time it's encouraging i mean we i think we are uh we are on on the march ascending you know the people against the uh global corporations who want to control everything um I in so the the desperation is is encouraging but we you know we can't we can't uh you know think anything take anything for granted i mean it, it doesn't look good for joe biden i mean so that like whether they I mean, I think they'll have to pull a switcheroo. I don't know, yeah. you know how that'll work. It'll probably have to happen at the convention. But we know the Democrats are the government party. They will be right. able to uh, move their machinery however they want to as quickly as they need to. Um, and so if that's getting someone else in, you know, Gavin was uh, presumed at one point. He kind of d- uh, did a poor job in the debate versus Ron DeSantis. Um, but at the same time, he's very tight with all of the big... Uh, Democrat donors. And he's, you know, out in California, there's a lot of money in California, a lot of, a lot of control to back him. Yeah. And we know Soros is very tight with Gavin Newsom, uh, Alex Soros, especially. Um, and so, you know, that would, that would be, uh, you know, initially my pick, I'm not sure he's kind of cooled a little bit. Gretchen Whitmer would be another uh, to keep your eyes on. And so if you really want to, if, you know, for those diggers out there who do like the great threads, um, yeah. exposing people, obviously be looking into uh, Gretchen Whitmer because she's got, high high political hopes and i've you know seen more and more uh news stories about whitmer kind of like we were seeing about gavin for the past three to five months right and then michelle obama i mean i don't think michelle obama uh wants to be in the limelight and wants to be the subject to unending relentless uh meme attacks (laughs) I know.
0: I know. But I also think that because I I do happen to think that Michelle Obama will be the pick uh, because Mm -hmm. uh, because of the pattern of Barack Obama. Also, she's a she was born. Her father was a Democratic Party operative in Chicago. She was best friends with Jesse Jackson's daughter growing up like she's been in the mix. She worked for Daily in Chicago under Valerie Jarrett, which was one of the most corrupt uh, government entities of all time. You know, she's she, all of the stuff that happened with her with the hospital and Cabrini Green. She's she is a uh, whatever the, the MO is now that she's just a mom who wants to have gardens and nothing to do with politics. But I see her creeping in. But the one thing about mm-hmm. her, which you just brought up, is that a lot of whenever I have shows about her, especially with Joel Gilbert, who did doc, a great documentary, Michelle 2024. People want to talk about the memes and the and the uh, questions about uh, who she really is. And the truth is, I think that the, the control oligarchs want that. Because guess what? It's a great way to censor all those voices that um uh, I've put out videos, have questioned that, put up memes, then you, there you go, because we know, uh, like like we said before, the World Health Organization has partnered up with Google and YouTube to be able to censor and control everything if it's and they changed the uh, pandemic to include like inequality and and all of that, and then they could censor that. So that's a dangerous move. But people should keep their eyes on everyone and, i really should when it comes to Michelle, you got to go beyond that and look into actually who she was. There's plenty of stuff there that is very, very negative about her and and also her background uh, with Barack with the influence of the Weather Underground and Bernadine Dorn and and Billairs and and uh, Saul Alinsky. Like they they are straight up that crew. They are the spawn of the Weather Underground, as far as I'm concerned. So I agree with you and um that you know we got to keep our eyes out and look into all these people. Um, but I, I do feel that, that so many more people are awake and, and it really does have a lot to do with following the money as you do brilliantly in your book. And everyone that you work with, uh, has been instrumental in waking people up. Now, uh, do you see, um, just, uh, last question, cause you have followed this a lot, uh, the Hunter Biden situation. I mean, I, I see it as they're going to kick the can down the, down the road. Um, hoping that, um, uh, oh, oh, that whatever happens, happens. But is there a chance, too, that they could just totally outright pardon this guy and, like, he never pays for anything? Is that a possibility, too?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I fully expect Joe Biden to pardon Hunter, whether... I mean, they'll kick it down the road as far as they can. I mean, if Joe is... If Joe, if Joe is the nominee and candidate, yeah. and if he loses, he has through January of uh, 2025 to pardon Hunter. I mean, these are federal crimes we're talking about, so right. he can pardon Hunter for anything, and yeah. he in no, and I mean for any reason. I mean, the, the pardon power is absolute. I mean, we've seen it. Whether you know there were some controversial Post- Trump pardons. Yes, there were. I mean, there's always been controversial pardons. I mean, Bill Clinton pardoned his brother for co for I cocaine know. use. He also pardoned uh, a guy named. People. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he pardoned Mark Rich even after oh, wow. uh Mark Rich's wife Denise Rich had made six-figure donations. I mean like right after she had made six-figure donations to the Clinton Foundation. Um and so there's been pay-to-play allegations. I mean like pretty obvious circumstances and no one, you know, no one really messes with pardon power. I'm sure they would try to get Donald Trump, you know, uh triple impeached and, and in prison. But, um, but nonetheless, I mean, yeah, there's no reason why Joe wouldn't pardon Hunter. I mean, it'd be a bad political move, but we know how much he loves Hunter. Uh, he talks about it all the time wow. and, uh, you know, he, he, he'll do anything for Hunter, I think. And so yeah. Yeah, pardon's absolutely. certainly on the table. I don't think it's going, you know, they're, they are going to kick this can down the road. And, uh, unfortunately the house Republicans, uh, don't say they're signaling that they are not going to impeach him. Um, and so. You know the, the it's it's quite possible the only form of justice the Bidens ever see is the fact that their name is totally dirt and that he yeah. will go down as the worst president in modern history. And that's a form of justice, to be sure. It is. Um, it is. And so the story can't be untold. that's that's you know that's that's good. I mean, I'm not trying to cope here, but uh, realistically, uh, we the uh, you know we don't have control over the justice system. the the justice system has control over us, and they yeah. Uh, are not going to lock away one of their own. And so until uh, someone like a Donald Trump gets in there and cleans house, um, you know, we're we're looking. I mean, I think the Justice Department is where
0: most of the problems in America Me too. begin and end. Me too. Everyone's so concerned with who's going to be the VP. I'm like, I don't care. I want to know who's going to be the attorney general. I, he should be right. running with the attorney general instead of the vice president, as far as I'm concerned. Right. I right totally now.
1: agree. Totally but, uh, agree.
0: You know, uh your your work's extraordinary. Uh if you have not already bought ControllerGeeks, I highly 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 recommend you do that now and then you learn everything in it and then you become the voice in your sphere of influence. Uh, because he names names. He shows how it works. He shows the different layers and levels and many different aspects that have totally usurped. We, the people in this nation and honestly, the world. Um, can you tell everyone where to follow you, how to find you? And I want to remind everyone, I think the censorship uh, situation, even on X is going to go off the rails upcoming. So everyone that has a website, everyone that you can follow, he's also going to tell you about it. the foundation that he's with please go to their own sites, including the Mel K Show, sign up for newsletters, make sure you bookmark them because we have to decentralize information, I believe as well. So uh, you can take it from there and then tell everyone where to go and how to follow you on all those fronts and and really go do that right now, please guys. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Mel. Well, the good thing about having a, a weird name like Seamus Bruner is uh, I'm the only one out there. So right. it's S E A M U S B R U N E R. Uh, all platforms at Seamus Bruner, Twitter or X, uh, Instagram. I've got, on Instagram, I've got a link tree where you can sign up for a, right. a newsletter. I don't really send it out. I mean, I I get so well, buried in emails. Yeah, I know, I know, I might need to. So I'm, I've am i got the infrastructure set up. I, sure. I spend most of my time uh, on X just out of habit, yep. um, but I've got Truth Social, right. uh, Getter, um, all the platforms. I mean, I don't really use those, but I'm, I'm working on, it. I need a, I need to, I need some social media help because oh, it's just like a full-time, it's a full-time job just posting to one crazy. of them.
0: It's crazy. I'm terrible at um, it. And, and you know what though, but your information, whatever you guys and Peter Schweitzer, whatever you guys have to do, your information to me is is the most important information to wake up this country and unite us. Cause there's nothing, I don't think that can unite us as much as what you're putting out there. Uh, so uh, continue also with the, I'll tell where your foundation is as well.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, and I mean, you we, we we don't uh, bury you and stuff. So feel free to turn on notifications if you follow me on, on Twitter, um, because I'm not going to be, you know, tweeting a thousand times a day. We really only try to put out information when it's good. You know, not hot takes, but uh, solid receipts um, yeah. to and, you know, follow, we follow the money and uh, we bring the receipts to uh, the stuff you need to know. Um, Peter Schweitzer, I would follow him. He's at Peter Schweitzer on Twitter. Uh, he's got a podcast that I appear on, um, you know, our organization puts out the drill down. So that would be the drill down.com or at the drill down or drill down with Peter Schweitzer. Um, you can go to control book.com that's, uh, we'll have links under the book tab, uh, to not pay for not pay Jeff Bezos for the book. I mean, that is where you can get it for the cheapest, you know, so I understand times are tough. Um, and so I don't fault anybody for, uh, you know, saving about, I think you save about five bucks buying it on Amazon, but otherwise you can buy it at Barnes and Noble or, um, any of the other retailers. I mean, it's best if you went into your local retailer, but it's hard yeah. to know, you know, where it's, where it's going to be. I mean, I, I've, I've been into a bunch of books a million. It seems to be in books a million. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, g-a-i.org is our organization website. We don't really update that. That's just kind of like a, a front website. So I go to the drilldown.com. Right. Uh, controlagarksbook.com. Follow Schweitzer, follow me and uh, subscribe to any mailing lists you see. I think uh, my link tree is on Instagram.
0: Great. Great. Very important. Uh, the job you're doing is incredible. It's such, such important information right now. And the way that you put it out there so that, you know, you could be anyone, you don't need to be uh, educated or understand the financial system or understand any of this. You can really retain the information and share it. And that's the most important thing. Thank you so much, sir. I'll see you again. Uh, very informative and, uh, please share the show. Uh, people really need to understand what we're dealing with because we can win this. We just need to be informed as to who exactly we are fighting and, Uh, His book, Contrologarics, is the best of the best guide to who they are and what we can do. Thank you so much, sir.
1: Thank you so much, Mel. Can't wait to see you soon.
0: See you. Bye-bye. Everyone's been asking me what I've been doing because I am in better shape than I've been uh, probably maybe in my life. And I am now thriving and I have so much energy. I'm going around. I'm doing all these tours and i'm doing the show and i'm showing up at small events and big events and i'll tell you the one thing that's definitely changed my life is superfoods mel k superfoods when i got involved with superfoods in the beginning i was not eating right i was not sleeping right i was not uh it was mid covid so i wasn't really Doing much and I was doing a lot of things wrong. And then I found superfoods and it has changed me from the inside out. Not only have I dropped weight, which wasn't even the goal, I really wanted to detox. I wanted to help my immune system. I wanted to make sure I didn't get sick while a lot of other people were. And superfoods came into my life and changed everything. I now think about what I'm eating. I don't have cravings. I don't eat late night. There's a whole protocol. It's so easy. It's laid out for you. You take it out of the box, it's there all your foods taken care of, all your nutrients, all your energy, all your protein. It is an amazing way to change your life from the inside out. Superfoods changes everything. It gives you a protocol, it gives you a schedule. You know what to do, you know what you're eating, you feel great, you look great, and your life's getting better. And the one thing i know is you can go to the melk show.com go down to superfoods and you can start your journey because today is the day i will tell you i waited and i waited and then i started superfoods and within three months my entire life changed uh for the better more than i could have imagined melk go to partners page down to superfoods and click on the link and you will find a whole new world that will change your mind change your body change your life so when you get Superfoods, that helps me. and helps this show keep going. I cannot tell you how much it's changed my life for the better, and it will yours too. And enjoy the rest of the show. Mel K Superfoods, get over there now. There's no time like the present. Oh, I hope you're enjoying the show. I was just talking on my new Patriot mobile service. I have to tell you, I'm so excited. They are incredible. They are America first. They, they align with my values. And you know what? It's unlimited minutes, unlimited text, Wi-Fi calling, unlimited data, high speed, everything that you could use, just like everyone else. We have our time, we have our vote, and we have our money. And the great thing about Patriot Mobile is your service will be exactly the same. Difference with Patriot Mobile is they are an America first company. And what they do is they reinvest their money into causes that matter to me and matter to you and matter to this nation. At Patriot Mobile, those causes are the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, life liberty the pursuit of happiness the constitution and our children's future so please go to the melk show.com patriot mobile is a partner of ours please use the code melk what i can tell you too is that they are supporting me and they are supporting creators because they believe in the first amendment they believe that censorship is wrong and they are going to put their money where their mouth is do what you can for the creators out there that are doing what i'm doing please go to patriot mobile mel K. show All I can say is thank you so much, guys. Supporting my partners supports me. And Patriot Mobile is absolutely awesome. I checked them out. We're switching to Patriot Mobile and we hope you do too. Thank you so much.